Come along with us as we explore the broad world of preservation and the work being done to preserve, interpret, and save our past in a 21st century world. From aquaculture to historic foodways to forensic modeling, we're talking weekly with experts from across the globe. This is your host, Nick Redding. Welcome to PreserveCast. This is Nick Redding, and you are once again listening to PreserveCast. And today we're joined by a fellow Preservation Maryland employee. She serves as our program and outreach manager. She, You may previously know her from uh, such positions uh, at Preservation Buffalo, Niagara, Historic Albany, lots of cool places that she has worked across the country. Um, we are joined by Christiana Limniatis, and we are excited to be talking about something that only Christy could talk to us about, really. Like, I'm not sure somebody else out there. We got talking in the office one day, and everyone was like, this has to be a preserve guest. Yes, we're talking about presidential historic grave sites. Yes. Yes, it's a passion of mine. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me here again. <laughs> Anytime. The, the re- we had rave reviews the first time around. When, One of them go- was my mother. So thank yes, you very much we, for that. We really appreciate that. Um, and uh, if you didn't listen and you enjoy what you're hearing today, go back and listen to the conversation we had about preservation movies. Um, which just a little tease. I, you know, now I have an eye towards this of trying to find new ones. Mrs. Doubtfire. Did we mention it last time? No. What's in this? So, okay. And I know this is not on topic, but we, we, this is what we do. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, when the, the, the mom and the dad separate, the mom gets noticed that, that, uh, a client that she ends up seeing a few times if you remember the movie mm-hmm. um is wants to hire her and her firm to do the interior design for a massive restoration of a historic hotel i totally don't remember that at all i'm gonna have to and watch I, like, it this weekend yeah i like slammed my hand down on the table as we were watching it and i was like it's a preservation movie it's everywhere yes preservation so. is everywhere especially hey. at presidential gravesites. <laughs> exactly and so why how how does how does something like this start? And and really what we're getting to is you have been to many of them and we're going to talk about those and your favorites and we're going to talk about lessons learned and where you're headed next and all that good stuff. But it's 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 interesting and it's like one of these little um, sort of fun ways of exploring American history by going and seeing specific sites. And there are people who have done this with covered bridges and mills and what, one room schoolhouses and people love um, unique sort of uh, aspects or, or subsets of historic places. It just so happens that yours is presidential grave sites, and you've been to quite a few of them. Tell us how this all got started and, and why do you love the presidents and, and the sites of uh, their final resting place? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that I've always loved cemeteries. I don't know how to explain that, but that has been since I was a child. I just thought they were very interesting places that held, you know, beautiful objects, but also had so many people and all the history and narratives that it told. Um, but I, I, I pondered this and I really think that the beginning point for me was a historical fiction book I read when I was maybe like 10 or 12 years old. It was called Finishing Rebecca. It was about a maid who worked in the house of Benedict Arnold. And I then became obsessed with Benedict Arnold, which snowballed into becoming obsessed with the American Revolution, which then turned into wanting to learn more about, uh, you know, 
George Washington and all the places associated with him in New York and associated with the American Revolution, which then brought me to going to Martin Van Buren's house in Kinderhook, New York. And that was my first presidential site that I went to and seeing his grave. And I fell in love. And just from then on, went to every presidential grave site that I could do. Um, where I am able, I also like to take a little sample of dirt for my collection. Um, so it's not just being um, a strange person going to all of these places, but also getting a little souvenir on the on the path on, on the way home as well. Right. And and we'll be very clear that she only takes it if it's permissible. Yes, of course. And if it's not a, a part of a she does not break laws, so she does not have it from all of them because some of them are uh, managed by units of government and things right. like that. Um, Been to 22 of the 40 deceased presidential grave sites, so that's a 55% rate. I've been to 55% of the presidential grave sites. I think that's a pretty, pretty good number. <laughs> I'm working my way. So but the obvious, maybe it's obvious, maybe it's not, question is why not just like their homes? Why the graves? Um, You know, obviously I'm a preservationist. I love their buildings. Mm. I think that everybody loves the buildings, but there's just this peacefulness to the cemetery. And I think an interesting way of, a different way of uh, memorializing their impact on the world, because it's not just something for them as a famous person, as an important official and elected official and whatnot, world leader, um, but also it's their family as well and who they were as a normal human being. And I just find that very interesting. And and now having gone to so many of them, seeing that difference, um, and now that, you know, we have uh, become a country with so much like infrastructure and, you know, the National Park Service exists and there is kind of standards and, and processes to how we expect our presidents to be laid to their final resting place. Um, it's just interesting to see that evolution and change. I also am, I love studying and learning more about cemetery architecture and, and monuments and the styles of those. So again, through the presidential sites, learning what are different monuments called and how how they're built and how, you know, and just that stuff, too. I just find that incredibly interesting. So the next obvious question is, which ones have you gone to? I mean, people are going to be curious. So we're going to go through a list. Then we're going to talk about favorites, why you have favorites. Um, and maybe as you go through the list, you can go, you know, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be rapid fire. And I can kind of ask you as you go through any, you know, anything, anything strange happened there? Did you, you know, was there a good lunch nearby? That kind of stuff. Oh, right. There are um, some very good I cafes. feel like this could become a book. I, I had a friend tell me about that. There was a book many years ago written by a, a noted humorist about uh, her adventure and going to um, the sites of assassinations and uh, associated with Lincoln and uh, Garfield and mm -hmm. assassination vacation, I believe. Yes, exactly. Yes, that Sarah book. Vowell. It's a great book. Um, and it kind of made me mad for a minute because she, it was a lot of the stories that I had been telling people. And then now this like famous national bestseller had the stories in it. So people thought that I was copying her stories, but I had been sharing them first. Um, I, I've had a couple friends suggest that to me, but you know, that's like a lot of work. I'd rather just go to them, enjoy them for my own personal, <laughs> right. share the knowledge on podcasts like this. All right. So where was the what was the first one, by the way? I think you may, you may have already said that, but yeah. So the first one definitely was um, 
uh, Martin Van Buren, my 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 guy MVB. And that's that's normally the gateway drug to presidential history, right? Martin Van Buren. Yes, Mart, <laughs> the little magician. He not is Lincoln, definitely not Washington. Clearly. The little yes. magician. And the next would have been uh, Chester A. Arthur was probably the second one that I went mm-hmm. to because that is in Albany Rural Cemetery where I'm from, Albany, New York. Um, fantastic facial hair. That's uh, amazing facial hair and a beautiful right. grave. Also, he's in a box tomb. And then in front of him is a huge, well, not huge, but a very large sculpture of a black marble sarcophagus and then a bronze statue of an angel that the sculpture is called called the angel of sorrow it's wow. it's it's very striking it's and this very is gorgeous ohio no albany in new york arthur is in oh chester arthur yeah. is in i'll see look at how little i know exactly chester a uh, arthur new york guy he went to albany law school new york through and through <laughs> all right so we so we've gone uh, well, from chron- well in like presidential order i'll just run because that's the easiest way let's to do, do it. it let's so, keep going where are we next uh, so thomas jefferson in Monticello, sure. James Monroe, in um, Richmond, Virginia, Andrew Jackson at his home in Nashville, Martin Van Buren is number eight, um, William Henry Harrison, he is one of my favorite sites, um, then John Taylor, Tyler, excuse me, James and K. Polk. John Tyler is where, where is John? John Tyler is in Richmond, Virginia, the same cemetery as uh, Monroe. They're just around the corner from each other in presidential circle. I think is oh. the, how they describe it. So, was it called? Was it called that before they were buried there? <laughs> that would have been very ironic, but it was probably it after. Would have too been. convenient. Yes. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, James K. Polk. He is another one of my favorites. Um, Zachary Taylor, Millard Fillmore, Frank Millard. Now, where is Millard? Millard is in good old Buffalo, Gotta <laughs> New represent York. Represent Buffalo, Millard. He is Buried at Forest Lawn Cemetery, which is also famously the final resting place of Trilly Schism and Rick James. Right. And Red Jacket, correct? No. Uh, yes. Maybe. Or no, he's not buried there. He, I think his knee buried. Uh, there's a monument for Red Jacket. Um, but a monument in, to Red Jacket. Yes. So very I don't think that he is actually in there, but I could definitely be wrong on that. I apologize. Yes. But it's a gorgeous um, cemetery. Um, Franklin Pierce was president number 14. Uh, he's up in Concord, New Hampshire. James Buchanan, Ulysses Grant. He's in Buchanan New York City. is in, and we can give some of those these locations. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, so Buchanan is in um, Lancaster, PA. He's from Pennsylvania. Right. Is it? Um, and is he near his? Because that's where his home is too, Wheatland. Yeah, it's near there. Uh, but he's in like you know the big city in Woodward, Woodward Hills Cemetery. Mm. He died in 1868. It's a very nondescript um, gravesite. Um, I think what's the best part about it is kind of in uh, a curve in the landscaping and there's mm. trees behind it. So he's in this like little grove. And of, is he, of, this is very specific. I didn't yes. ask you this in advance. So we'll it's see okay. if you're, is he buried next to Harriet Lane, his niece? Um, I don't think that she is there. I think that he might be alone. Okay. Cause I know he was a, he was one, if only of our bachelor presidents, right? Yes, he and, was a bachelor. Yes, right. And, but but Harriet Lane, his niece, I believe, served as sort of the de facto first lady. No, um, yes, and I think, and this is you know something I'm not an expert on, so certainly <laughs> need to do more research. I believe that she is buried someplace else because she also had a longtime companion, just as James Buchanan had a longtime companion, and I think that she might be buried near her. 
And I also remember I, somewhere in the deep recesses of my brain that Harriet Lane was a fan of saucering, which is where you would pour your tea into the saucer and drink it out of it. It was very like fashionable in that time period. It was like a cool thing to do. Well, that's really weird that you say that because I have I what was that? I watched something recently that was the history of teacups. Mm-hmm. And there was a period of time where instead like cups didn't have handles on them and it was more like you drank from a saucer yeah but other than that i know nothing about that i think that that's true but if someone's if someone's listening (laughs) then correct me if i'm wrong if i could be i could be wrong but but these are just fun strange things that we think of when we think of our presidential uh past all right so we go from james buchanan who is often listed as perhaps one of the worst presidents in american history because he kind of watched the civil war come and basically just sort of sat back and was like, kind of like, not it. You yes. Know? Ten, yeah. ten Cent Jimmy was not a good. Was that his nickname? Ten Cent Jimmy. I can't, of course, now that I'm saying it out loud, I don't remember why he's called Ten Cent Jimmy, but that's that's his nickname. Wow. Okay. All right. Great. Keep going. <laughs> but number 18 was Ulysses Grant. He's in New York City, a, a very large monument. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Garfield. He is in. Um, uh in Ohio. Sorry. Um, he has a gorgeous monument. I definitely want to come back to him to discuss that. So I'll pause on more details about him. Uh, Chester A. Arthur, as I mentioned, uh, Grover Cleveland, he's buried in New Jersey at Princeton because he was serving Mm. uh, as a board on the trustees, um, after he left the president. So he's buried down there. Then McKinley, um, he has a huge monument in Ohio. So Um, I grew up stairs, just a weird presidential connection. I grew up on the street upon which Kinley was assassinated wow. when it was a part of the Pan American Exposition in Buffalo. There is so, a, and I, a rock. There is a little rock. Location. When we would go for a walk, we would see this. And it was like, this is where in the, what was the Hall of Music or something where he yes. was he was assassinated by, I don't know if we have to pronounce his name, Leon... I, Krasinski, but I think there's another syllable in there that I'm there's forgetting. There's a whole but yes. lot, yeah, um, and uh, and in Buffalo, and then that yes. of course brings about Teddy Roosevelt. So what an as interesting president. as president, yeah, yes. And Teddy mm-hmm. is buried in his in Oyster Bay, New York, o- Oyster that, Bay Cove, New York. Where is that his Sagamore home Hill? Is. is that? Yeah, that's where his house is. Yeah, okay. um, but he's buried in like the cemetery. Um, then Woodrow Wilson is the next president that I've seen. He's buried actually in the National Cathedral in D.C. Hmm. And he's in a, another box tomb and it's very gothic styled. So it, it honestly looks like a medieval king kind of sarcophagus, if you can picture that in your brain. And it's, do we know it's very ornate why he's in in D.C. instead was, of New Jersey? He was a devout. Well, I think part of it had to do with the situation of his death. and. Um, just the logistics of of how that all worked with his stroke mm. at the end and and the mm-hmm. drama of how that all unfolded. Um, but he was a devout Catholic. And uh, I forget if his wife approached the bishop or if the bishop came to them and said it would be really cool if we could bury him here. And it just said yes. And he's in there. Hmm. So, yeah. Fascinating. Um, w- uh, Warren Harding, he is in a tomb in Marion, Ohio, in his home. Uh, not his home, but his hometown. Calvin Coolidge is up in Vermont uh, in the cemetery near his um, family homestead. 
Uh, Franklin Roosevelt is at the Springwood Estate in Hyde Park, New York, the, the Roosevelt uh, homestead there. And then the most recent president, uh, as far as order of presidents that I've been to, is Lyndon Johnson. Um, he is buried at the family ranch in Texas. And I want to go back just for a second because someone's going to call us on this. I don't sure. think Woodrow Wilson was Catholic. I think oh, he was very, I'm sorry. I very messed Christian, up. Christian. Sorry. But well, because wasn't JFK sure. our first Catholic president? You know what? I'm not an expert on religion. I'm, I'm not sure. I just know but, it's the National Cathedral. Yes, which I believe sure. is Episcopalian. <laughs> sure. I believe the National I believe the National Cathedral is an Episcopalian church. All right. Thank we'll you just, for correcting we'll me. Just, well, I just want to call it out so that no. people die. I think you meant Christian and you just Christian, sort of said yes. Catholic. I said Catholic. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure he had the best relationship with the Catholics, actually. You know what? As I'm I'm rethinking this, yes, you're right. He did not have the best relationship <laughs> with Catholics. Somewhere. But that's a whole nother podcast right. topic and, in itself. And <laughs> if we're going to stick with our, our our graveside humor, somewhere he's rolling in his grave yes, right now, right? There we go. He is 100% doing Right. That. He's like, no. All right. So... So you've got all these different places that you've been, the most recent in terms of like date of death being LBJ. What is, I guess, our oldest living president right now would be Jimmy Carter. So sort of late 70s. And then Ronald Reagan has since passed away, as has George Herbert Walker Bush. And then we have other remaining living ex-presidents being Clinton and George W. Bush, and Obama, and Trump, and Biden. And so um, you've, you've hit 22. You said, I think that that's 55% of all, the, of all the, the, the deceased former presidents. Do you, of this laundry list of uh, grave sites, which it is, people listening is going to be like, that's awfully clustered on the East Coast. Were, but but then again, that's where our presidents are clustered. The, quite the a vast bit majority of them are, and I've just always lived on the East Coast. And right, you have made it to Texas, so I did make it. I had to get on a plane for that one. I mean, that wasn't the point of my trip, but I'm very happy that I was able to fit it in. I mean, that's the other thing. Most of these have been just by chance that I'm on a road trip or a work or school trip that goes by these, and I fit them in. Okay, so. Talk to us about some of your favorites then. So like of these, this is a long list. There's some that are that are kind of cool. Um, but what are some favorites that jump out at you? Yes. Uh, my number one favorite is the James Garfield Monument. Um, he was born in mm -hmm. 1831 in Moreland Hills, Ohio. Um, he is the first left-handed president. He is also the last president born in a log cabin. So that's some fun facts right mm -hmm. there. Um, he was sadly assassinated in Washington in 1881. Um, he... His wound wasn't necessarily fatal, but it was the ensuing treatments and um, infections that actually mm -hmm. caused his death. So he spent an excruciating 80 days slowly dying from his his gunshot. It's it's it, And I think that that's really important to understand because his monument 
is breathtakingly beautiful. Hmm. It is in Lakeview Cemetery in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, it is a, you know, it's a monument, but it is a, a, a chapel. It is a building that you can enter. Um, it has Byzantine, Gothic, and Romanesque revival architectural styles and influences on it. It was designed by um, Ohio architect George Keller. It has a circular tower, 50 feet in diameter. It is 180 feet tall, but it sits on a very large hill that then is on a platform with a terrace. So it is gives you know very lovely views of not just the cemetery, but into downtown Cleveland and uh, Lake Erie. On the exterior, when you walk around the um, terrace, it has five life-size terracotta panels that depict his life and death. Um, they were uh, sculpted by Casper Bubbler, Bubbler, I'd probably say saying that incorrectly. Um, and then the interior, which is, the monument is known as Memorial Hall. It is an artfully illuminated space uh, with a large, it, I think it's more than life-size statue of Garfield, surrounded by a ring of red granite columns. The interior dome is a gold mosaic, and then there's stained glass windows. Um, the statue was done by Alexander uh, Doyle. And then he and his wife are buried in uh, bronze caskets underneath that statue and ring of, of columns. You walk in and it is a sacred space. Like you feel it. It's it's a hollowed space. Like uh, I'm Greek Orthodox. I grew up in the Greek churches. So I'm used to, you know, golden glittering <laughs> churches. And that's what this feels like. It feels like a, a very much an honor to him and, and his, his, his sacrifice that he made for this country and uh, a spiritual place. It's absolutely gorgeous when the light is streaming in, but then also, you know, with the invention of electricity and whatnot, they have placed very good lighting to really make it dramatic in there as well. And I mean, obviously he was lost to assassination. So there's sort of this impetus to do something even more over the top, but was, did he pay for it himself? Was he a wealthy man? Like who? No, there was like a, a commission that was formed uh, for it to put it together. I believe that, um, I believe that Chester A. Arthur was put as the chair of it, but I could actually be wrong about that. But um, mm. with all of the, um, for him and for McKinley, there were commissions that were initiated after their deaths to, you know, have the committee figure out, like, we need to do something big and major, obviously, and figure out that campaign and, and how to put that all together. Wow. And I mean, because you don't see them quite like that. I was looking at pictures as you were talking. I mean, it is... It is something else. So, I mean, but we don't see that in all, in fact, not many American presidential tombs aren't. No. And that I think level. that this is, and again, I'm going through it to prepare my notes for today. Um, I do think it is the only one of the presidential sites that is a more eclectic architectural styles. Um, almost all the other monuments, similar size monuments and tombs are all classical inspired. Um either Greek revival or, or or something to that nature. This is really that only one that it's it's a very flourished. It's it's very Byzantine looking. It's very Gothic, lots of arches, lots of tracery. Um, it's very expressive. And I mean, that's a sign of the times as well. The middle of the Victorian era, um, that was the, the high style that was going on. So it was re very reflective of the time. Well, that's that's one that people should should visit if they're in the area. It's definitely worth it. Take us to another one you really like. 
Um, I really like, and and this is William Henry Harrison, our Who nice doesn't like president. Him? Who doesn't love him, right? Um, he died in April 4th, 1841 of uh, what is most likely a fever. Um, mm. He was barely a month into his term. You know, kind of the um, old wives tale about it is that he got sick because he refused to wear a coat during his very long um inauguration speech, you know, whether that's true or not, but he he definitely became ill. Um, the fever took hold. I mean, it's the 1840s. They don't really have the ability to treat fevers the way we do today. Um, it could also have been cholera, but, you know, who knows? We can't do an autopsy now all these years later. It caused the first constitutional crisis because it was the first death uh, in office. So there was actually confusion on whether or not his vice president could become president and just that whole thing. So not only is it the stress of his death and figuring out where he's going to go, but then it's like who actually is going to become president next. Um, his monument, he's buried uh, near his, uh, on his family's uh, ancestral land in North Bend, Ohio. Uh, it is a very tall, it's not just an obelisk. It's it's much more like a tower. It's just a very square uh tower um, on the edge of a hill that obviously when it was built looked at the Ohio River, but now there is a kind of a highway in front of it. So you just get this very impressive view of the landscape and the river in the distance. Um, you can, um, the parking is kind of down the street a little bit. So you walk up this very landscaped, beautiful staircase to get to the the tower and he is buried in a room in the base um there are 24 vaults in there so he is there with his wife his son who is the father of president benjamin harrison um and then other family members are in there as well um and i just like it because again for a man who is a kind of a butt of jokes because he was president for such a short time and didn't get the opportunity to make his imprint through his his term it's a pretty impressive monument to him um and i just think that that's really fascinating and that the impact that he had and that you know those who planned it and put it together um had fought so hard to make sure that there was something to remember him by in that way interesting and i you know i was just sort of like looking through and seeing things about about um Harrison and, you know, sort of <clears throat> tying past the present here. And there's a lot of conversation about, you know, the, the ages of two potential major party candidates right now being part of the conversation uh, in the public. And Harrison was the oldest until Reagan. He was elected at 68, I think it was. Yes, I do believe that that's correct. He's not so. buried here, though. He um, Benjamin Harrison is buried in. Um, oh, no, I'm, I'm talking about what uh, we were talking about. William Henry, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you, uh, yes, I was just saying he what they weren't buried together. But no, I mean, yeah, he was the oldest. I do believe that's correct. Yeah. I want to open. I have several books. I brought my books sitting here next to me of all my facts about presidents in case you ask me really good questions I need to what? find answers for. Yeah, well, I, I mean that 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 explains the fever too, right? Like it didn't it didn't it didn't take out a young person in their prime. It's well, I mean, he was he something really kind of got him and got him good, and he he went quick. Um, so where are we headed from from William? Yes, I think my next favorite is going to be James K. Polk. Um, and 
I've not just visited his grave, but I've also visited the reconstructed birthplace Mm. log cabin in the hills between North and South Carolina. So I've been to his reconstructed birthplace and his grave. So that's pretty cool, you know, in my nerdy world. Um, He died in uh, June of 1849 in Nashville at his home. Um, His last words were that he loved his wife, which I think is is very adorable. So he died of cholera or presumably of cholera. And so because of city law, he had to be buried in the municipal cemetery. Like that Mm. was the infectious disease laws that they had at the time. So he was first buried at the Nashville City Cemetery. Um, And then in uh, 1850, a year later, he was moved to Polk Place, which is his home that was in downtown Nashville. And that's what he wanted. It was prescribed in his will that he wanted to be buried there and that his wife was going to be buried there with him. And when she died, um, you know, once they were both dead, his house and uh, land would be handed over to the state to be turned into, you know, a monument to him or whatnot. Um, So when his wife died, some of his heirs fought that will and contested on various different reasons, and it got caught up in court, and they ended up winning. So then um, the house ended up getting demolished, and him and his wife were then, because then they were still you know, property of the state, I guess, but the house got to go to the heirs. It was a lot of, you know, 19th century legal drama. It doesn't make sense to that kind of stuff. But so he was moved with his wife to the grounds of the Tennessee state capitol. So he is now on the grounds there. Um, There have been many attempts over the years to now relocate him another time to the only surviving uh, house that he ever lived in, which is the Polk House and Museum in Columbia, Tennessee. It was a house that his father had built and he had lived in for a short time as a teenager. But that is the only structure still standing associated with And why would they want to move him from the state house grounds? Just sort of like well, put him at rest kind of deal? Yeah, put him at rest kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the state capitol is a busy place. It's up on top of the hill, but he's kind of just like you know, it's a gorgeous building, a nice grounds, but he is kind of just like in the corner. Like, like, I think that they want to have him be there, you know, obviously for the um, interpretation of that site, that would be a wonderful thing for them as well. But again, to try to be as close to his wishes and his will, like he wanted to be at his home with his wife. Well, that structure no longer exists. Is he at rest in the middle of the state capital or would he be better at rest at his, you know, the only ancestral home that exists anymore? Wow. So this is like one of our few that you would you could even argue really isn't still at rest, hasn't been allowed to go to to rest. I mean, I guess Lincoln was moved several times, right, as well. Like there's a lot of drama with his. True. Um, And then they have to like pour concrete over him because people kept trying to steal his remains. Yes, 100 percent. But I also have to mention that as a matter of purpose, as a matter of point, I, I have not really learned things around the kind of famouser presidents <laughs> and their grave sites. I've kind of ignored those and haven't prioritized going to them. So even though like George Washington and the American Revolution got me into this, right. I still haven't seen his grave. I still haven't gone there. And that's that's kind of close now. So we I really know, don't I could have, get down yeah, there we got to get there. Yeah. But I and focused of course, on, you know, the, 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 that run in the middle with the bunch of guys with the objectionable, questionable facial hair. I've kind of stuck with those dudes in the middle. Right, right. And, and with a little LBJ sprinkled in. Yes. Um, 
so so uh, I mean, I guess that's a good place to kind of pivot this to, which is where where are you headed next? What's on? Is there one on the list where you're like, okay, I'm going to be in this place. I can make, I can finally make it to see, you know? Well, yeah, George Washington. I really should. Cause now I, mean, I am so very be, close. Probably be a good one. <laughs> um, but I haven't been to, again, like Ohio has been the most Ohio and Nashville have been the most uh, Western spots that I've been. So, you know, going to India, the, there's a couple other in Ohio that I haven't gotten to. And then Indiana has Harrison and then the Midwest, uh, you know, Ford, um, I haven't been to Ford's and Nixon's all the way out in California. As that well would be cool as to Reagan, check there. right? Reagan's and out Reagan. there. Um, I also have not been ever to Arlington. Um, mm. and there are two presidents, two presidents, yes, JFK. two in Arlington, JFK and, um, Taft. Taft is the first one mm. that was buried in Arlington. Hmm. The first president, not the first person, clear, obviously. No. no. Um, and then another one that I, I, I'm very still shocked that I haven't been to is just having, you know, lived my whole life in the Northeast and up in all, but in New York, um, John Adams. I've never been to his home outside Boston out there. Um, so that's, I mean, I'm a little farther away now, but I would love to be able to get up there sometime soon. Yeah. And if people want to sponsor you to come out to their presidential, you're open to sponsored trips to presidential historic sites. You'll blog your whole way there. Of of course. And we could do a special preserve cast. We're willing can I take over the Instagram? <laughs> sure. And we could do a live preserve cast from Graveside as a way of honoring that president. I think that that's absolutely amazing. And I would like for you to give me that opportunity, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, we will. How about this? Next time you, you hit one, we'll have you back. Okay. And you can update us on it. And we can talk about other. Uh, do you and people listening might be curious. Do you collect other like types of sites do you go and visit one room schoolhouses or there's you know i'm just throwing that as an example yeah. is there something else out there that you just have to break for when you see obviously cemeteries in general you seem to like i literally have a bumper sticker on my car saying i break for graveyards mm -hmm. <laughs> um no it's just uh presidential sites yeah i mean and i do I like a good barn but i don't know if i'm necessarily slamming on the brakes in the way yeah. that i would for a presidential burial ground right and i think that this is kind of a cool thing which is if you're listening you can always drop us an email um uh you know uh and uh, info at presmd.org is, is a good one to drop an email to. If you um, go to a specific type of site that we should know about um, and you want to be featured in the future um, and tell people about a type of site that you can't get enough of and you keep visiting and you're, you know, kind of got to got to catch them all like the Pokemon <laughs> of, um, of Pokemon of historic sites, Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon of historic Pokemon, be correct, of, of historic sites. Um, I would love to know about that because people go to unique places. Um, we have one person on PreserveCast once who loved going to historic restrooms, and they would go to like beautiful historic restrooms, uh, whether they be in train stations or oh, theaters. I immediately and thought like that. I would have immediately thought that you meant like the first like. Out how, like the the first bathroom in this community was yeah, right I here. Yeah, I do. If I'm at a historic site and there is an outhouse, I will look in. And then uh, invariably, if there's if there's three holes, I'll go. 
It's a three-holer. I don't know why, but I feel like I have to announce it because sometimes there'll be multiple seats. Yeah, there's uh, that uh, that historic plantation in... Um, oh, no, of course, now I'm going to say it. I can't remember. But they did a whole archaeological thing and they found it and they rebuilt it. And it had four or five wow. um, holes next to each other. Like, that's that's a lot. Like, yeah. do they chat? Anyway. I don't know. <laughs> We've... I don't know. Well, we've we've gone from presidents to outhouses. So we've covered everything um, that we can today. Always fun having you on. We're going to bring you back when you go to the next one and kind of give us a special update, even if we just cut it into an episode of what you um, have have recently seen. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll have another one of these in the future or maybe we'll come back with some more preservation films. Um, when we talk to Christy in the future. But thanks for joining us again today, Christy. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for listening to PreserveCast. To dig deeper into this episode's story, head over to PreserveCast.org for show notes and our collection of previous episodes. Don't forget to engage with this podcast by subscribing, commenting, and leaving a review. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at PreserveCast for even more. PreserveCast is currently recorded in Walkersville, Maryland, and sponsored by the 1772 Foundation and powered by Preservation Maryland. Thanks for listening and keep on preserving.